Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Uh, we're coming off the first week of the playoffs at Darlington. If you listen to the show, you know it was a happy night for me. Even though the five team wasn't the fastest car of the night, they was able to pull off the victory and advance to the next round of uh, the playoffs and get five more playoff points to go with it. Uh, overall, I thought it was a pretty intriguing race, which the Southern 500 always is. I love Darlington. It's a hard track and 500 miles. It's just so hard for drivers and teams to make it through that length of a race without making mistakes. You wind up having more mechanical problems. It just reminds you of an old school race. And eventually, after making so many pit stops for fresh tires, it bit the uh, fastest car of the night and cost him a win and Denny Hamlin more than likely. What did you think about the night, Brett? Yeah, I thought it was a good race overall. I thought the first two stages were really boring, for, especially for an Atlanta race. I thought stage three, though, was what really saved the race. It was a really good stage. Like you said, you had some guys that really got caught up in trouble, um, like Denny. Uh, you know, just looking at guys who got caught up in trouble, it's going to hurt them in the playoffs. Uh, really, Denny being the biggest there, even though he did win the first two stages. Christopher Bale, who had a really fast car, led the first however many laps. And then the first green flag pit cycle um, had an issue on pit road had a penalty and uh, – or not, did not have a penalty, excuse me, had an issue on pit road and then pretty much got shifted back. And then from there, he couldn't catch a break the rest of the night. Kevin Harvick was probably going to be in place to win it, um, if not for, you know, Tyler Reddick break-checking Ryan Newman coming out of four, trying to get down to pit road. Caution comes out, and Kevin has to go ahead and already commit to go to pit lane. Um, so those guys in the playoffs obviously didn't catch a break. Joey recovered, was able to finish 12th. Um, Kyle Busch recovered after a very up and down night, finishing 11th. Bubba Wallace, who never particularly runs well at Darlington, I thought he did a great job battling up through the field, getting a solid uh, seventh place finish. RFK has another great week, finishing third and sixth, respectfully. Chris finishing third, BK in sixth. Um, Trackhouse gets their first top five since Nashville with Ross Chastain finishing fifth. And then Tyler Reddick, who had a really good car all night, um, hit the wall a couple times there early on in stage three, might have bent the toe link out of it. Um, and once that happened, I know kind of the same thing happened with Kyle Larson, but it's just almost like Kyle found a better long-run car and got some good launches off of those late restarts. So um, overall, I think that's kind of the synopsis of the race. It was a good race. Definitely not your best Atlanta race, nowhere near it, but it was a, it was a or excuse me, Darlington race, nowhere near it, but still a very good race. Um, but I think the thing that everybody's talking about is not Kyle Larson winning the race, but the talk of all the podcasts this weekend in the media is the incident that happened between Daniel Suarez and Alex Bowman. Um, the incident happened in the previous lap between uh, Suarez and Chastain. They had kind of got into it a little bit. And then the next lap, maybe it's two laps later, actually, they come back around and Bowman throws a block on Suarez. Um, don't really know if he was trying to throw the second block or if he was just trying to arc the corner. But either way, pretty much slams Suarez in the fence, and Suarez takes him out, um, clear, cut, and dry. So, uh, you know, I heard the opinion of Dale Jr., and I think he's been the only guy to say that it was 70-30 Alex Bowman to Suarez's fault. He says that, you know, obviously Bowman's going to get most of the blame there because whether he was blocking or not on the second block, um, that was a stupid move. Uh, but then Daniel takes him out and also wrecks himself, which is what Daryl Jr. placed blame. I haven't heard that take from anybody else. I thought it was a good take. Me personally, I think that Alex Bowman had a great car. He unlapped himself from two laps down. 
And to do and make a stupid move like that just kind of proves to why he should not be racing and the best equipment for Hendra Motorsports anymore after this year. And a guy, I just want to throw this out here, a guy like Carson Hosevar finished 17th. He's the best oval finish for Legacy Motor Club, um, or excuse me, not for Legacy Motor Club, for the 42 team this year, best oval finish. So uh, that, the, the thoughts on that, I, I think, you know, a guy like Alex Bowman, um, again, he's, he's got talent, obviously, and he's got speed in that car but he makes dumb mistakes like that all the time. And he's made a lot of dumb mistakes across 48 team this year. You got a young guy like Carson Hosovar, who's way, way, way out drove his equipment and only second cup series start. Those are the type of guys that should be getting chances in these big time cars, not guys like Alex Bowman. Yeah. Un with Alex Bowman, it was obviously a real bad mistake on Sunday night. I, he has made a few mistakes here and there, but I think, in my opinion, there's several drivers that do it. That is by far the most egregious thing that I think I've seen him do. And I think it comes down to him seeing Larson and, you know, most of the time Chase, maybe not this year, but most of the time Chase and Byron up there bound for wins. It's a season of frustration, and he lost his cool, obviously, for a second. But it's – I would agree with Junior. It's 70-30. Because Suarez, I understand Suarez being mad, and I would have been real mad if I was Suarez, too, for getting blocked like that on the front straightaway at Darlington. But you also destroyed your own car by right. not controlling your temper. So you cost your team a car, and then not just any car. You brought up the fact that Ross Chastain scored the first top five for track out since Nashville. Suarez is right behind him and might have been faster than Chastain. Mm-hmm. So you're not talking about just destroying any car. You're destroying probably the best run that you've had in months if you're the 99 team. Uh, just to touch on uh, some drivers in the playoffs, I don't know if you brought up – did you bring up McDowell, Britt? No, I know he had issues, but I just – I felt like for Michael, and I say this respectfully to him, he had issues the whole race. Mm -hmm. Um they just couldn't get that car on track for whatever reason. And this is this is not the time of year to be having issues, my friend. Like, I mean, this no, is it's not. It's not the time of year. And, you know, he, I'm glad you, you bring up Michael. He was involved in that incident with, my, with Kyle Busch. Well, Kyle kind of washed up coming off the floor, took out a lot of race cars. And uh, nobody's really talked about that this week. Like I said, it's been a lot of the Bowman issue, which, by the way, just to close the book on that, The what Bowman did on Sunday night I think was – um, as egregious and as bad as a move that Bubba Wallace and Chase Elliott made when they right-reared the guys. And I'm not saying from a safety standpoint, because obviously that's why both of those guys got suspended. I'm just saying from being an idiot inside the race car. Um, but that's just my opinion. The, the move that Kyle Busch made, obviously, was either a lack of judgment off his part, which you don't see happen very much, or the spotter. And I, we don't really know. But, yeah, that was an odd incident. Took out Michael. I know he qualified night, but they showed no kind of race speed. No, they were off all night, and it was shocking to me considering – I mean, it ain't, they haven't ran top three and four on the ovals, but they've ran top ten to 15 for mm -hmm. the better part of really since May or June. So it was really surprising. But, you know, we'll see if they can get it back on track next week. And the thing with Bush, it was a mistake, but also this it's so hard to pass. And you get in a position like that if he, you know, you're desperate for points. I don't think he just drove up into it. I think he got tight. Mm -hmm. So it's not as bad as 
other issues. It's just one of the things. It's really, really hard to be three wide at Darlington. I don't, I don't care who I don't, you are driving the car. I don't, I don't put that on Kyle Busch at all. I think that was just a purely a race incident. Mm-hmm. We know he's one of the greatest drivers in the history of the sport. I don't think, obviously, he didn't he didn't run out of talent by any means or do anything intentional. That just was, like you said, it's just one of the things that's going to happen in Darlington. No doubt. And I will, and I was bringing it up with you when we was watching the race Sunday night, talking back and forth during it. Also, super impressed with Carson Hosevar. That is two races in not top 10 equipment where he was running. And at times, he was running in the top 15 the other night. And his teammate, Eric Jones, I don't know what it is about Darlington that he loves that place. And I don't blame him. Two wins, one last year, finished 10th this year with a team that has taken a step back, doesn't have the support from the manufacturer. But there is one playoff driver I want to talk about that also really surprised me, starting 31st and only able to manage an 18th-place finish, was our regular season champ, Martin Truex Jr. Uh, They just was not a factor. And what really surprises me is before Bell had his problem, he was fast, obviously won the pole. Hamlin leads 171 laps, I believe, in that race Sunday. But Truex was never a factor. And Truex, this is one of his best tracks. If you think back, he should have won the Southern 500 last year if he wouldn't have blew a motor while they were already under caution. So that was shocking to me. And it's definitely – the playoff grid definitely changed a good bit. Larson obviously locked himself in. Byron plus 45, just two solid weeks. It'll be good for him. Reddick improved his standings a lot, plus 30. Chris Buescher, another solid run. I thought he was going to steal it from Larson. Late in the race because he got up there in contention. Um, wound up falling back a spot. Hamlin, the stage points saved him. Yeah. Those 20 stage points makes him be 27 above the cutoff line. That is why these stages are so – people really – I think a lot of fans think the stages don't matter that much, Brett. But you look at Denny Hamlin's points right now, that should show you just how much it matters because you're talking about – if he wouldn't have finished in the top ten in any one of them stages, he'd be seven points above the cutoff right now. Well, that's what's crazy with him, right? Like, if he finishes 11th in both of the stages, he's in 11th in points. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's that's insane to me. Um, or 10th in points, excuse me. So, I mean, it, it is uh, it is nuts. I think that, you know, when, when you look at the full – like you said, you got your guys. I feel like – the top seven right now is relatively safe um, of Larson, Byron, Reddick, Busher, Hamlin, MTJ, and Kyle, especially because of where – or Kyle Bush that is, especially because of where we're going next two weeks. All seven of those guys run very, very good at Kansas. They run very, very good at Bristol, all seven of them. So, obviously, barring any big issues, all seven of those guys should be in the top 15. What is concerning, mm-hmm. I think, is when you start to get in that 15-point or less range. BK is 18 above the cut line and eight. And I know there's only two points between him and Kyle, but those two points are going to make a big difference, in my opinion, being there. 16 is Ryan Blaney, 16 above. That team has been really struggling and been very inconsistent. Um, but then you look at a guy like Ross Chastain, 13 above. Joey's only three above. And Christopher Bell is the cut line at one point above. So I think when you look at a guy like a Joey Logano who has dominated at Kansas in years past, I think he's going to really need a good run to propel him this um, Sunday. And like you talk about with the stage points, Joey is going to have to run top five in the stages. He's, he's, he's got to, as well as a guy like a Christopher Bell, Bubba Wallace, 
uh, Kevin Harvick, um, all of those guys are, are, are going to have to uh, gonna gonna have to, to do the same. Um, Ricky, man, I tell you what, we need to touch on Ricky. Ricky did something spectacular in the sense that he had an issue where he sped on pit road early in the race, battles back, and then ends up finishing 16th. Now to be a playoff team, and again to be JTG Doherty, which has been a laughing stock at times. For some people, that was great to come out of Darlington, only four points below the cut line. And obviously, Michael McDowell had a big deficit at 19 below. But really impressed with that 40-17 just to recover and get some points to put themselves in a manageable spot in these next two races. And one other thing I'd like to note on the Ricky Stenhouse, they somehow got their lap back with under 20 to go in the second stage, and he somehow wound up 10th to get yep. a, play, a stage point. And you never know with what happens. That one point could wind up being critical. And you brought up some of these guys at the bubble. Kevin Harvick, I think, has the speed to possibly get in. But he's going to have to be a lot. Kevin and Joey, I think, are in the same category. All year, they've been able to get solid eighth to 12th place finishes. The problem is they're not getting the stage points. Nope. And you brought that up with Joey. That is something they're going to have to do. And if you look back on it, Bubba Wallace, he's the defending winner of this race. This is their strong suit, a type of track like Kansas. Bubba could have a really big weekend points-wise if he doesn't win this weekend, in my opinion. Because Toyotas are going to be really strong. I think it's going to come down to the Toyotas. And at this point, I think you got to throw in the RFK Fords in there. Every week they're up there, and I wanted to bring that up. Because Brad, I know plus 18 doesn't sound good, but it's a whole lot better than plus three. Sunday was oh, yeah. real productive. He came in at plus three. So he gained on the cutoff line. He did what he needed to do. Ran a very Brakozowski race. Didn't make mistakes. Took care of the car. The guy I'm worried about, and, you know, me and you talked about this on the show. We both predicted, or you thought Truex may fall off some, but we both agreed he wouldn't fall enough, off enough not to be able to take advantage of them playoff points. He did not run good yesterday. He has not been a factor in three or four weeks. Uh, he, there might be a little bit of concern because he took away – he had that big playoff cushion. He took away a lot of his uh, – pretty much he used a mulligan this weekend, and it wasn't because of bad luck. It was just because of speed. If you're a true X, I think you might be a little bit worried right now, even though on paper you shouldn't be. But he's been trending in the wrong direction here lately. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a great point. He had a little bit of a – we go all the way back to the 600. He had a streak of five – or four straight top fives, um, including a win at Sonoma. And then at Chicago and Atlanta, he finished 32nd and 29th. And then he went on that stretch in the summertime, man. It was insane. From New Hampshire, Pocono, Richmond, um, Michigan, the Indy Roval, and Watkins Glen. He finished the lowest position he had out of those six races was seventh. Just, I mean, he was he was cutthroat in all those races. Make the argument, obviously, Chris Buescher just straight up out drove him in Michigan, but probably had the best car that day and did win at New Hampshire. Um, but then we go to Daytona. Obviously, didn't have the best car there. Got involved in some stuff, finished 24th. And then last week at Darlington, finished 18th. Um, I mean, he's only got a combined uh, 42 points in the last two weeks. He scored more than that in a good bit of races this year. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I think for for Martin, they they got to find something. Um, and like you said, I, I think it's time to go ahead and move on to, to Kansas. Uh, Toyotas are going to be good this week, and we've seen that. 
Um, Toyotas are, are really, really good. You mentioned uh, Bubba went in there earlier this year, uh, or, or excuse me, last year. Denny won there earlier this year, um, obviously in a rather unpopular way. Um, that's, you know, you seen it in the promos when he moved Kyle Larson and put him in the fence. Um, that was one of those I felt like was a racing incident because Kyle was so loose. And Denny, I don't really think, had the option to lift on the final lap. But that's kind of started, right, this mini, mini rivalry that we've had. And I was telling you, you know, on, on Sunday night, Kyle clearly had a, a better long-run car um, when Denny was still up front. And you got to a certain point to where, you know, is is Kyle going to put him in the wall if he gets a chance? Well, we know how good both of these guys are at Kansas. So I'll pose a question to you kind of moving forward to next week. Do you think Mr. Larson will – move Mr. Hamlin out of the way, or maybe worse if he gets to him and, and a win is on the line here? I think you're going to see a different version of him for sure because if you go back even look at uh, Watkins Lynn, for example, where uh, him and Austin made contact on the last lap and then the very next corner, Larson just dive bombs him and winds up taking them both out. I mean, it wasn't the best way to do it, obviously. And it was for 19th, but you didn't see that out of Kyle before. And he's, I think he's gotten aggravated because I think he's starting to get to the point where he feels like maybe he's getting a little bit of disrespect from some of these guys. Because you've seen in the past, there's Tony Stewart's, the Kevin Harvick's, the Brad Kozlowski's of the world, you know, champions of the sport, Truex, yeah, a certain amount of respect from other competitors. And he has not seemed to have gotten it. Um, I really think you might see him move might see him move Hamlin out of the way. Or if nothing else, he might pull a dirty slide job on him. Something like that. If Hamlin happens to be the one leading, anything like that, I think you could see something happen out of it. Yeah, I think it's gonna be very interesting again, just on Kansas. Toyota's won the last two races there with uh Bubba last year and then Denny earlier this year. Um it will be a four hundred mile race, two hundred and sixty seven laps, obviously a mile and a half, as many of you know. Um, yeah, you know, this was probably, in my opinion, the Kansas race this year in the spring, and I know you didn't like the outcome of it, but we talked about it. Kansas race in the spring was a top three race I'd ever watched in my life. By far the best race we've seen this year. Um, I mean, I'm stoked for Sunday just because not only are we going back to track to where the next-gen cards absolutely excelled at, but you're going now – in the second round, or excuse me, in the second race of the first round of the playoffs, um, it's going to be some amazing, um, amazing, amazing driving this weekend. Um, flag drops at three Eastern, two Central, so sun will be out. You'll be having to deal with that, be having to deal with the shadows come towards the end of those 400 miles. Um, man, that's going to be a fun one to watch. So I guess guess we'll get into our picks then. Um Obviously, you can only pick one per manufacturer. I think, a lot, I think I'd be more prone to pick three Toyotas for Sunday, but I guess, Jonathan, we'll start out with you. Well, my Ford, I'm so, I don't know which one. Can I just do a team? <laughs> no, yeah, I'm looking at a sticker on my computer right now. It's, uh, it's RFK Racing. I, I think it's here in the show. Yeah, I'm just going to go with Brad Kozlowski because there's no way with the speed they got he's going to go the rest of the year without winning at some point. Yeah. Um, and and I know everybody wants to say, oh, Roger Penske this and Stuart Haas this. I'm sorry. I, it's official for the time being. 
RFK is the best sport team in the sport. Mm-hmm. Which is great. I mean, there's no denying it at this point. You know, at first, oh, Busher won two in a row. Brad ran good. It's just week after week after week. And, I mean, both of them in the top five, top ten. I mean, every race that Busher has won, Brad very easily could have won himself. I mean, it's both cars. And it's just unbelievable to me how far they've came. And I'm glad to see them doing good. And I hope old, uh, Jack is able to come to one of these races and you see the cat and hat back in Victor Lane. He was – Because uh, he has it. I haven't seen him. He was at Darlington. He was at Darlington. He, he shook Brad's hand before Darlington. I think RFK might have posted it. So, cat in the hat wasn't Darlington. You got to think, though, Darlington ain't that far from Charlotte. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think he's going to be traveling too many races that that are uh, not really outside the proximity of Charlotte. So, But he was he wasn't Darlington. I bet I know one that he'd go to if they make it there would be Arizona. Come oh, yeah. Championship weekend. Oh, yeah. And I am just going to throw this out here. That seventeen's got a good chance, just saying, at this point. But anyway, you're right, man. I hope you're right. You know, and, everybody knows it. Listen to the podcast. Chris Busher, Joey Logano, Ty Gibbs. But really, this year, I know it's Ty's rookie year. It's been Chris and Joey, man. Chris is Chris is my best chance to give me another championship. So, I and, oh my bad, Brad. I'm sorry. Oh no, I was done. You go. You go. Uh, about his team. Brad, I feel the same way about speed. The only thing is, is playoff points. Mm-hmm. When you start getting further in these rounds, because that's going to be a bigger deficit at the beginning of each round. And that's the only reason I feel, you know. But Brad gets to that middle round, he can win Talladega easy. He can win anywhere. But uh, moving on to Toyota, I'm going to go with man. There's so many of them. I think you could choose either 2311 car. At least three of the Gibbs cars. But I'm going to go with Tyler Reddick. That team's been super fast all year. They've made a few mistakes here and there. And I think Sunday night, he did have a little damage to his car. But Larson also did, too, because there was one point in that race in the beginning of the third stage where they said he went to shift, and for some reason he didn't get it in gear. And he hit the wall because they didn't slow the car down on shifting. So they both had a little bit of windy cars. They were even all night. I think I think late in that race, whoever got out on the restart probably was going to be the winner. But uh, I'll go with Reddick for Toyota, and I'm going to go with my boy for Chevrolet because he very easily could have won Kansas. And now this week it's the track where you can run that outside line. I got a feeling Kyle's either going to be in the top two again or 30th because he's got a win locked in, and all he's worried about is getting five more playoff points and another checkered flag. So he's going to be on that wall, and he's either going to win doing it or mess up and finish 30th. There's going to be no in-between, but I'm going to pick him to win. Because right now, I had the Chevys. Um, William Byron obviously has been consistent all year, well, in the beginning part, and then it's been up and down, and he gets a win every few weeks to keep his playoff points up. And he had a pretty good car Sunday night, but I don't see the consistent speed. The five, and I'm not trying to be biased, They've got the most top fives all year. Me and you were talking about this the other day. They have just either shot themselves in the foot or had bad luck almost every week. That It has been weeks since they put a race together until this week without a problem. And uh, so I really do think they are the best Chevy. But uh, that's what my heart wants to happen, and my brain is telling me he's the best Chevy. But I really believe it's going to be a Toyota. I think it's going to be four or five Toyotas in Larson. That's a, that's a good point. 
those are good good picks. I, I, I um, obviously I can't go against Kyle Larson. I mean, I agree with you. I think uh, MTJ just had a lot of luck. Not not taking anything away from the race team, right? Like they brought a lot of speed together there in that summer stretch, but felt like you had a lot of luck go their way too. In the past couple of weeks, they've they've dealt with that lack of luck, and it's kind of shown. I think it's kind of the opposite for Kyle Larson, right? Like I feel like they brought the fastest cars out of anybody this year, and you got the best race car driver in the sport driving a five car. But like you said, there's always been an issue that's happened at some point this year. Um, this is one of those years if we're running a Winston Cup points that Kyle Larson would be kicking himself because of how many races that they just lost points on because he's clearly – they've clearly had the best race cars and the best driver this year. They just hadn't been able to execute at times. Um, so I like your picks. Um, obviously, for the sake of podcast, I'm going to go against them. Uh, Chevrolet, I'm going to go Byron. I know you, like you said, he's been inconsistent this year, but as of late, they've shown a lot of speed. It pains me. Um, I don't like that 24 car, never have. No offense to Jeff, but never liked it growing up. Still don't like it now. Um, but, I mean, just got to be honest, I think Willie B is really heating back up at the right time. Um, I think he'll run well on Sunday. I think for Toyota, like you said, you could pick any six of the Toyota guys, I think you, including Ty. You can pick any six of them. Um, I think I'm going to go with Bubba. They've had a lot of good runs lately. And they've been a lot like how RFK was in April, May, and June, right? They were putting together a lot of good runs, but they just couldn't come away with a win at that point. I think it's the same with Bubba right now. I think that Bubba's going to run really well Sunday and help his playoff chances progressing forward. I think Bubba's biggest obstacle is going to be overcoming Bristol. Um, and I know that'll be something we talk about next week, but it, it, it's odd. It's odd for Bubba, right? Like he's always ran well in Martinsville, but he, he's, he's never really ran well at, at Bristol. So I think he's got to have a good week this week um, going into next week and, and next week being a, a, an elimination race for me and Ford. I got to go Joey. I, and I, again, I know RFK obviously has been the Kings of Ford. And again, I, I, I trust me, I, I, I don't mind it, right? I mean, they're my, by far my favorite team in the sport. A lot of people loyal to Hendrick as how I am as RFK, but I'm also loyal to Joey Logano. And I just feel like they've been on that precipice for these past couple of weeks to where they come to the track, they qualify real well, they run well, and then something always happens. I'm not saying it's like how Larson was, right? Like, you know they had race winning speed and something would happen, but I feel like Joey's had top five, top ten speed, but there's been something that's happened, and it's really been this way since Pocono because he had the best car at Pocono and got wrecked out um, to start stage two. So, again, I think that Joey is going to be really, really strong. Um, I'm not picking him to win the race. I'm picking Bubba to win the race uh, just because 23-11 and Denny, they put so much into their, their speedway program. So, But I'm going go, uh, to go Willie B, uh, Bubba, and Joey Logano for Sunday. Yeah, those are all good picks. Let me – I didn't – I made it sound like I was picking Larson for the actual win. I'm picking him for my best Chevy. I am picking Reddick for the actual win from Toyota because I just feel like it's going to be a Toyota show and it was just basically pulling the straws to see which one you wanted. But – uh, and, you know, one real quick thing about Bubba, and we kind of – we overlooked this earlier and you brought it up. Bubba also is in that Stenhouse club. He did a heck of a job to come back the other night. You yeah. bring up, he actually slid up into your guy, Joey, and spun himself out coming to the line at the end of the first stage. And he made a couple of mistakes throughout the night, but he bounced back. And, 
You know, you bring up Bubba's uh, biggest, uh, you think his biggest obstacle is Bristol. I think his biggest obstacle is himself. Mm. Because you can see it, he doubts himself a lot. You know, and I'm not a huge Bubba fan after what he happened between him and Larson last year. But in my opinion, Bubba is a really good driver. And I think he doubts himself sometimes to the point that it hurts his results. Yeah, I, I, gets... I agree. I, I think the biggest thing with Bubba is is that, and I think somebody needs to sit down and tell him this if they haven't already, is that Bubba gives too much thought and puts too much weight in the public perception of Bubba Wallace. I think when mm-hmm. you look at a guy like a Kyle Busch, right, like nobody – Kyle Busch didn't care what people thought about him. And now you're seeing him, he's getting RCR, and you're seeing a lot of number eight stuff, right? Um, Dale Sr. Mm-hmm. never cared what nobody thought about him. Um, for for many, many years, Carl Edwards, who was a fan favorite, though, still had his, his fans who hated him, never cared what nobody thought about him. Joey Logano doesn't care what nobody thinks about him. And I'm not trying to take a shot at Bubba here, but here I'm going somewhere with this. The difference between all those guys I just named and Bubba Wallace is they've all won races, and they've all won championships in the sport. They may not have been Cup Series champions, but they have won championships in the sport. The difference between those guys and Bubba, they were mentally strong. And Bubba put too much weight into what Kyle Petty said about him and then wanted to make a comment at him and, and shoot a comment at him at, at Darlington last week. And that's the issues with Bubba. Bubba's got to stop worrying about what people in the media say about him. he got to stop worrying about what people on Twitter say about him. And I know he can say that he doesn't, but then it, it obviously reflects when you're talking about it. Um, mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people would say, well, Brent, if you're getting asked about Kyle Petty's comments, what are you going to say? I'm going to say, I'm going to say no comment. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to entertain him. And I know Kyle Petty, Kyle Petty doesn't care what people think about him either. But you just, you don't, you don't give Kyle Petty the time of day if you don't put weight in what he says. But obviously Bubba puts weight in what he says. And I feel like that starts to put pressure on him because people talk about him in the media. They talk about how he's in that car and how he hadn't won yet. And he puts a lot of pressure on himself. But like you said, at the end of the day, Bubba's got to stop putting stock in what the media says and what the fans say. He has to. Because if you're going to have any success in this sport, you're going to be hated. If you have success in this sport, you are going to be hated. Chris Butcher, one of the most well-liked guys in the garage area. But I guarantee you now that that 17 car is running up front, Chris will end up having a run-in, whether it be to his fault or not his fault. And it will make a certain fan base mad, and Chris Butcher will have enemies. It just will. Mm -hmm. That's the nature of NASCAR. You've got to stop putting so much stock in what people that you say uh, that you don't even really care about, but you put stock in what they say. A little quote from Deion Sanders. Obviously, they had the big upset run over TCU in football. He said, if you didn't make me, you can't break me. Bubba's got to start becoming mentally strong because, like you said, he's a heck of a race car driver. He wouldn't be driving for Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin if he wouldn't. So people need to stop that narrative too, by the way. He, he is a good race car driver. But the biggest thing for Bubba, and I, that's great how you put it, is himself. Got to stop putting stock in what other people say if you don't value their opinion. And obviously, Bubba doesn't value these, these people's opinions, but he's got to stop putting stock in it, and he's got to stop the self-doubt. That's my opinion on Bubba. A great race car driver, and they had the speed to make the round eight, if not the final four. They've shown it this year. Pit crew and some other mistakes from both Bubba but also Booty Barker at times have cost them some really good finishes and maybe some wins. But they, if they put it together – they got a chance. Now, I agree with you, and the speed is there, and it's not just him. It's the 
his teammates the same situation as far as having miscues, just like Sunday night. I mean, it was lucky that Ryan Newman was able to miss him and not take him out of the race. And possibly, if Newman doesn't do a good job, Reddick might be out of the playoffs right now. But uh, everything that you said about Bubba, I couldn't agree more. I can't put it in no better words than what you did. And uh, maybe somehow, some way, he'll find this and listen to what you said because – and I'm sure he's had people talk to him about it. There's no way Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan, that team, has not had – somebody had this conversation with him. But uh, hopefully he'll get that side of it figured out. Um, I think we've covered everything we need to cover going into Kansas. Uh, there is a couple quick news stories, and we can go more in-depth into it next week about what we think it means for their careers. Uh your boy, Harrison Burton, is going to stay in the 21 car next year. News broke earlier officially that John Hunter, Numechek, is going to be joining Legacy Motor Club in a 42 car, replacing Noah Gregson permanently. And uh, that's just silly season's getting ready to kick off, and I cannot wait for Collie Racing to announce who is going to be in the 31 car because they say they have it sealed and delivered, and it's going to shock us. Yep. But, I uh, think uh... – my final opinions on that, and I'll be short and sweet with it. Uh, Harrison Burton looked really, really good Sunday at a tough track. Um, and I think it's because of the new crew chief that they implemented. It's the same guy that uh, had been on the car before and ran well with Matty D. Um, I think that was a great move for the 21 team to bring Harrison back. I think that he's too good for Ford to let go, but he needs a lot of development. I think they brought him up too early, but I think Harrison has started to show speed at times this year. And let's, let's be clear. Let's be clear. Just like 2311 is extensions of JGR, that 21 car is just as an extension of Penske. That car is not any less equipment than what the 22 to 12 and the two are running every week. So let's be clear there. Um, I, I think Harrison, it's great that they brought him back. I think that the young man um, deserves one more chance. And I think you don't run well next to you, you find somebody else. For John Hunter, we've been through this, right? We knew this was going on about two months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, congratulations to him. I think he deserves another chance in the Cup Series. I think there are more talented guys than him, but perhaps I guess Toyota doesn't think they're ready to come up yet. Um, but, you know, congratulations to him. Nonetheless, again, making a good move over there for where they – we'll call him an upstart Toyota team this year. I know Legacy's been around now for a few years, but um, an upstart Toyota team uh, is what they'll end up being next year. And then, like you said, that 31 car – in my opinion, what I think it's going to be next year, and the reason that they're saying it's going to shock us, I think what is going to end up happening is it is going to turn into a three-man race car that will run full-time for owner points. Um, this is clear. This is clear speculation. Um, in my opinion, what I think is going to happen next year is that Chandler Smith, Austin Hill, and um, Daniel Hemmert, will split time in that car, whether it be 12 races apiece, whether one guy gets more races than the other. And I think they'll all split time in that race car, and that car will run for owner points. And that that is my prediction for the 31 car. My, I agree with you to an extent on the 31 car. I don't think it's going to be Austin Hill. Because if you go back and look at Chris Rice's Twitter, when he announced he was coming back to R- RCR, he put a tweet out saying, like, well, what? Because yeah. I think they might have been in conversations of him being in that car full time, possibly. I just say, if not, it's a real coincidence that he said that when they announced it. 
I think you might be right, but I think AJ may be in there because there's starting to be rumors about AJ not being full time cup next year. Yeah, he shouldn't be anymore. He's he's lost it on the road courses. Never really had it on some of these old tracks. Savage Kolek has the speed. They don't have the right guys in it. Those are those race cars right now. Um, and again, I know it sounds like taking a dump on them, but I mean, Chandler Smith's way too good to still be in the Xfinity Series. No, the boys had some struggles here in the last, back end of the year, but he's way too good to still be in the Xfinity Series next year. They need to call him up. He needs to be running full time. I don't think that's what they're gonna do. I think that's what they should do, though. Oh, I agree. He needs to be full time. I don't think that's what they're gonna do either. We both could be wrong though, because if AJ don't come back, maybe they're planning on sticking him in the 16 car. That's something yeah. we don't know for sure. But uh, I mean, I know you definitely don't need to call uh, Daniel Hemmick back up and put him back in the Cup Series. I mean, yeah. I, that would be a horrible move. But again, I, I and that's not again not any disrespect to to. It's gonna call him a young man, but he's an older man now. But I uh, that, that's again that's my opinion. I think that. I think the colleague is sitting on one of the best young prospects we've seen in this sport in a very, very long time with Chandler Smith, and they need to find a way not to mess it up. Because if, because if they don't give him his opportunity, somebody else will. And eventually, RCR has got the same situation going on. I don't think Austin Hill has the potential of Smith, but they don't need to let him get away either. I agree wholeheartedly, but, absolutely. But, uh, Brad, unless there's something that we've missed, I think we've reached a good place to close it out. Yep, this is going to be a great race on Sunday. Make sure you you watch it. Great second round here in the round of 16 at Kansas. Yes, no doubt it will be a great race. Uh, the mile and a half overall have been great with the next gen, especially Kansas. And this spring was incredible, even though I wasn't happy with the end result, but it was an unbelievable race. But anyway, guys, we will see you back next week as we look back at Kansas. Enjoy your race weekend. Go support your local short tracks. And uh, y'all have a great one. See you next time.